Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Thank you so much for being here. This is uh, Sunday Night Teacher Talk. My name is CJ Reynolds, and me and the Not So Secret Wife. She, I'm, I'm really, she doesn't really have any hosting abilities. But she just chimes in every so often. So that's true. After six <laughs> seasons, we decided to get her a microphone because she's reluctant to play a part in this. But um, I love it, and I want to talk about that for a second, real, really quick. Like as um, as people are putting in questions, if you're new here, uh, look, we'll talk about anything. Anything you want to do. This is a this is a, around education, but there's a lot of things that affect your classroom and your ability to teach. So we'll, we'll we're willing to talk about just about anything. I mean, I, I don't think we've ever been asked a question that we we didn't answer or, or been asked something we didn't answer. We've had a few that you just couldn't answer, right? That weren't oh. like stuff like that. But yeah, but that, we to always me, try and answer everything. Why this is a communal activity, like to be able to exactly. partner with people. But you know, with regards to my wife's reluctance to be on camera. Um, <laughs> oh, this is, why I this is a topic. Oh, this is what I'm starting with. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And here's why because I really think that, you know, um, my wife and I both took this thing called the DISC assessment this week, the D I S K assessment. And um, Brody is texting me for some reason. I think it's a D I S C assessment. Oh, you're right. What did I say? K. Yeah. D I S C. Yes, correct. So it is a personality test, and I love. I love that my she daughter. She came in and said she, she was going to grind coffee. We got to get the old. That's school. a whole other topic that yeah. we let our kid drink coffee. Right. Nothing's getting in the way of me talking about this. But oh. so the DISC assessment is it's a personality test, basically. It's only 14 questions. But then what was the report we got back? It's like a 22 page report out of 14 questions. And in the questions, you would have just organized like some different, what do you call them? Like, like different options, right? Yeah. So what are you most like and what are you least like? And then you have to put these words in order. It's super easy. Um, And one of the things that I always, I I love personality tests. One of the things I love so much about them is it holds a mirror up to who you are. It lets you know who you are, what you're about, like what you're doing and things like that. So the cool thing in that is that like when we use this information, it, it really can, it helps us to figure out what part we play, right? So like as a teacher, I knew that I always just wanted to be a teacher. I didn't want to be a grade level chair. I didn't want to be in charge of curriculum. I didn't want to work at the district office. Um, I didn't want to be like the, the, I didn't want to be in administration, right? Or, Or any sort of leadership. I just wanted to teach. And when I look at those assessments, they always just show me, they always just go like, yeah, that was basically right. Like, you know, um, now I think I've, I've shifted. I think that there's different seasons in your life. And just because you took that, maybe you took a test, um, 10 years ago, five years ago, you know, 20 years ago, your life could be in a different season now. And some new things did come up. Like I see like this propensity, this capability for leadership, um, and, and things like that kind of growing in me and that I'm developing those, but I just, all this to say, When you go back to school this year, you're always going to be asked to do a thousand things. And the more you know who you are and how you're made up and what you're about, it helps you to make those decisions quicker. So when someone, if someone were to, just like if someone were to ask me to like coach the football team, I know I am not a good choice for this. If you had a miniature golf team, which is always one of my dreams for for teaching, um, that would be great. I would love a miniature golf team. Am I good at it? No, but would it be funny and fun? Yes. It's knowing your lane. Um, and sometimes we need someone outside of us, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a coach, uh, or, or just a basic assessment that's going to kind of inform us as to, you know, bring the light, some of the things that make us who we are. Um, so that's, that's where I wanted to start off this week. Look, uh, before my wife picks a question, uh, I just want you to know that anything that you might need, is uh, at realrapwithreynolds.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, for our email list there. Um, you can get mentoring there. So like that's something I don't talk about very much, but we do. 
I do mentoring calls. If you're having a particularly difficult day or difficult week, or you're trying to get ready for the year, you can just go right on the realrapidrentals.com. You can sign up for a time and uh, I will get on the phone with you one-on-one for an hour. And, you know, we have people that have done those for years, like just about every week for years. And, um, and folks that just do it one time, they just need to unload. They need to get a little bit of clarity. And, and so that's something that we offer. And then, you know, everything else is on there as well, but are you ready? I am. Uh, our next question or our first one um, is asking, I'm going into, into school counseling in grades five through 12 as a veteran teacher, what tips or advice would you have? Thanks. Love your content. Wow. Um, gosh, that's such a huge age range, five to 12. Yeah, that is big. Um, you know, when I think about counselors, I let's let's get real honest for a moment. I just had a really great talk with a woman that I'm going to partner with on a project the other day, and she specializes in gun violence, but especially or in, in trauma, but especially gun violence. And so we're going to make some stuff around that, especially in light of like losing four boys. Um in a 12 month period last year to gun violence uh, at our school. And so when I think about that, um, I th- one of the things I was sharing with her that I think would be important to make, like what if we made some content that was for kids? It wasn't just for teachers. Like that can, we can make that too, but what if we made something for students? And she asked why I thought that was important. And I said, because every time there's a shooting, every time a young person's life is taken in our neighborhood, we bring in counselors but no one ever goes to them. And by and large, um, there are even people in the building whose job it is to like work things out with kids that the kids don't go to either. And when we were talking about that, the reason why, I mean, I, this isn't like new for me, I already knew this, is the kids will come talk to us. They come talk to the teachers. They come talk to the people that they eat lunch with every day, that they hang with in the morning, that they tell, talk to about Fortnite or movies or their girlfriend or whatever. That's the safe space. And so if I was going into a counseling position, to me, it is no, any, in any way that you can, it is making relationships with students. It's building those relationships. And that can be as simple as like, just being out and about. Don't be in the office, be in the hallway, saying hi to kids, asking how they're doing, help somebody with their locker. You need a tie. You lost your shoe. Cause you know, that's a real thing. Um, it is trying to, to connect with young people because in fact, we gravitate towards the things we are the most familiar with. And if you think that that might not be true, I want you to think about anytime a kid has someone else sitting their desk in class, right? And you go, wait, yo, you're in my seat. What? Yeah, you're in my seat. Um, my own kids do it. Like if my son, like my son has like a routine that like where everyone sits in the car uh, at the dining room table, when we watch a movie together, we don't like, you know, even if, there are times and she's not paying attention. So I'll talk about it <laughs> when I'm on the other side of the couch and my wife comes in, she's like, yo, you're in my spot. I do. Um, we got a new couch and you, you kind of took over my spot and I'm on the other side of the couch. Spot, and I was you, there first. Do, you totally, um, you totally jacked my spot. When you look tired, I always go, do you want your spot back? Um, <laughs> but I, all that to say, like it is creating a familiarity with young people Um, So that when something does come up in their life, and it doesn't have to be gun violence, it could be like their dog died, their parents are getting divorced, they got an F, they didn't make the football team, you are creating the safe space ahead of time. Um, You're you're building the ark ahead of time, right? Before the flood happens, that's what you're doing. And so that's what my advice would be. All right, our next question comes from Zoe. We are expecting unusually high temps over here in the UK. What can I do to keep kids cool in my classroom during the last week of school? Mm. Yeah, she's ending her year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so funny that it's it's so different. Uh, you know, fans. I think in the past, I know fans work. Having just the lights off I just creates a sense that it's cooler. That's true too, right? It's like um, not doing anything that's too like crazy, where you're pushing kids and they're getting up out of their seats and their stations. It's like, and I I think more than anything, it's identifying. It's not, it's not just lamenting with kids, right? It's not like, Oh my gosh, it's so hot in here. I can't stand. I know guys, isn't it so hot? It sucks. It's noting, Hey, listen, I know that it's hot in here. And I just want you to know that I know that it's hot in here. And so here's what I've done. I've tried to lower the lights down. We have a fan in here. We have, um, 
I would yeah. have like cool drinks. Like I just know when I am overheated, something cold to like help reduces like my yeah. frustration, my anger. Like when you get, when I get like that, like all the emotions start yeah. flaring. All three for me. Like, like we the are. Rest of our, we were out <laughs> shopping for flowers yesterday. And um, every, like, I'm well, whole, I've gotten better Brody at was like, like, not being so, like, you know, dramatic about Brode is feeling over the top, the Brode, pressure from the heat, his head catches on fire, yeah. Um, and Mar, like, <laughs> everyone's mood starts shifting too. <laughs> yeah, so what I'm trying to think of is like, like, when we've gone out places before and we used to have like those things, those like wraps, yeah, for but you kids can't get that, that for like, I just always I think like, I'm cool... trying to think of like, what's a good. Man, I would have like just wet, cold paper towels, even yeah. like something as simple as that can even help. I don't know. I don't know what you do for in a classroom with a yeah. whole bunch of kids. I think freeze pops, I think water I bottles, that like too. that like, corner, some kind of like I don't know what they call stuff. them in the UK, but like popsicles, yeah. like some kind of frozen treat that's not necessarily ice cream because that's kind of that can be a bit, then you need like a utensil. Um, but that's where I would go, and I think that that shows a level of like, hey, look, I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to care for you. Um, but we still have things to do. Uh, if anyone else has an answer to that, I'd love to There's know. There's a bunch like, of things in the comments. Right. Someone said like cool melon, like a watermelon, like and even you can freeze them. There's oh, all kinds of things idea. that you could probably do to as freeze. As wacky as my schools have Someone always said been, water pistols. I've always had air conditioning. Oh, um, no, thank you. You know water pistols are a jam. That could get a little out of hand. There's so many different you gotta water squirters I'm not saying nowadays. don't do it. You got to be the right kind of teacher to pull <laughs> off a water pistol in yeah. school. And I would recommend in the last the week of that, school with that. Yeah, the ones that look like animals or something like that. Because then I just call it water squirters. Yes. Um, because a lot, of, you know. Well, there's it's a whole new world. It is. So we there. use crocodiles these days. Oh my That's gosh, I don't true. have a question coming up because I was chatting. That's all right. Want me to sing? Uh, you no. know the ir irony. I just peeped this. Right, got this new shirt. Wayne oh yeah, Houston. nobody knows what it is. And, um, but I, that's the song I'm always singing is. I believe the children are future. Oh, now you really are singing. Oh heavens! I really, I see. This is what happens. I can't chat. Okay, here's a question. Yes, sir. Yay, Miss Gonzalez! Thank you for saving us. Uh, she is asking. So glad you were back last week. Will you be doing any type of workshop before school starts, similar to the one that you did last year in January? Yes. Uh, so. We are we are working this out now. Um, I won't give too much away. I know it's you're in the works. It's coming. So here's what I wanted. It was already supposed to like we were going to drop it today. Like we we're going to tell everyone about it today. Um, but what we're learning is that there are so many. There's only so many hours in day. I woke up at. Let me let me break it down like this. For we you. both did yesterday. I'm not, and I'm not even like I'm not even like I, I'm not one to like wear the badge of busyness. Um, I don't like I don't like being that guy. Got up at 4.30 in the morning yesterday, worked until 7 um, p.m.? Yeah, or Something like that. You were up at 5, did the same thing. Yeah. Then we tried to go to the pool last night with our kids, like, at 9 o'clock. Well, Saturdays um, are the open until 11, 11, so we thought closed. it would be fun to do. So, Not all that to say, um, yes, I'm trying to figure out logistics right now, right? So, it's like, do I want to? So, for those of you that don't know, we had, like, a back – we had a teacher class off – um, workshop last year. This year, we're going to have a back to school boot camp, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm be real honest with you. I'm trying to figure out if people, if it should be a one day thing, but that's a lot because um, I realized last year was a lot of stuff that I gave people. Or should we do it over two days, three days, four days is where I started. I'm not sure if everyone would show up for four days in a row, but it would only be one hour per night. Um, it would, and then um, we're going to give a ton of stuff away with that too like 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 materials powerpoint all kinds of stuff too so i'm just trying to figure out the logistics make sure you're on our that. newsletter if you're not already signed up or um just pay attention to like all our socials yeah. and those things and you'll 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 hear about it it'll be out there as soon as it drops yeah um all right our next question comes from chris carson but we kind of already addressed this he's asking what are you wearing let's talk about chris carson wearing stuff Does oh there... oh yes are we allowed to talk about this i'm to talk about because it it's one of the best things i've seen he already is he's laughing right now i guarantee so there are there are groups of people from this podcast from this this group community that, the community that meet up during the week um and chris is one of them and i popped in i haven't been there in a, in a long time but i popped into this like zoom meeting that they had the other day 
and Chris's daughter is talking about when Chris dressed up like Thor um, from the from Endgame, right? So it, Thor with the long hair and the beard. Oh man, it was magical. But um, I got this shirt for uh, get your teach on because um, we had to wear band T-shirts. And uh, Whitney Houston is the first two That's albums I ever owned were Michael Jackson's Thriller and. Uh, and this Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston, Whitney. And I just think um, it's black um, and white. So it goes with your hair so well. It goes with thanks. your gray hair so good. Appreciate it, girl. <laughs> All right. Our you. next question comes from Shana. Um, she's asking, this is my first year starting the school year in high school resource math, teaching all grades, three different classes. Tips for a smooth, strong start? So, oh man, Shana, you're, you're talking about speaking my language here. So, I think one, you can, I would, uh, so in, in actually in the, the back to school bootcamp that we're talking about doing, I want to talk about how you can start your year off. Like, let's just let us take care of your first week. Um, and, and what I think everyone could do now, look, there's going to be some things that your school needs you to do, some policies, procedures, some norms that go with any school. But what we're trying to figure out is like, what, sets up the best year you could have and it's a really strong start and i think that can go cross grades um now look some of the things you might just pull and implement them into your own thing and some people might just go with the full tilt thing that we're talking about um so we'll talk about that more in the workshop but it's really built around this idea of like knowing students knowing parents um and and sharing your excitement I think one of the greatest things a teacher can do on the first day of school is just say, wait, before we get into anything, I just want you to know how happy I am to be here, how much I love this stuff, and how thrilled I am that you are in my class. That goes so much further than, listen, right? Not playing around. This year, it's going to be serious. You're not in the third grade anymore. This isn't fourth grade. You're in fifth grade now. And so that kind of thing is like, that never worked with me because it was like, oh gosh, we're starting with fear. Like, why don't we just start with love and see where that gets you? Um, and yeah, you have kids that get like a little hype about it and stuff like that. But, you know, if you give someone a great present, you know, they get excited about it. They don't get all, you know, weird about it. So it's that's that's one thing with regards to that. The other thing is with as, with as much as you as possible, it is, I think, structuring your days and your weeks in a similar flow so that your students can find a rhythm and you can find a rhythm easier. When we try to do too many different things and we're recreating the wheel every day, that's what it looks like. Um, it is, it's, it's too much. It's, it's too much to handle. And so what you want to do is like have like on Mondays, we do this like to the, to the most that you can, right. To the best of your ability. I have Mondays. We do this Tuesdays. We do this Wednesday, this Thursday, this Friday, this, my week is set. And then in those days, they are structured so that every Monday, first five minutes, we do this first next 10 minutes. We do this. It is in such a way that I don't have to recreate the wheel every week. And that saves me a lot of time, stress and effort. I've even done this when I've taught different grades. So there was a year that I taught ninth grade, 10th grade and 12th grade. And in that year, and I think I taught an elective also, uh, I just ran those classes where it was different versions of the same thing. Five minute uh, pre-class, 10 minutes of the bulk of here's what I'm going to teach a new concept idea or, or something of that nature. Um, 20 minutes of you implementing that, practicing that, doing something with that. And last, like, well, I don't know, 10 minutes or something like that was uh, kind of like winding up and making, checking for understanding, exit tickets, that kind of a thing. But it was every day. And it's what you do with that that is dynamic. That's exciting. So like, but it's that discipline, uh, like Jocko Willing says equals freedom and, and it, it frees up mind share. All right. Our next question is coming from go by bike. It's asking for chat. Oh, uh, I have two personal days. I did not use my days last year. When should I think about using them? I, so this is a great question. Oh, I thought it was for first the of chat. all, I'm it was for the chat. Oh, think. was it? I think, but go well, ahead. Answer it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, now I want to go look up go by bike because I want to know what that means. And I love that profile picture at the chain with the heart. It's awesome. Marley would love that. Mm -hmm. I, when I started teaching, 
I thought I would be, I, so I, I did student teaching under this really incredible teacher and he never took a day off. I mean, I watched that man come to school. He also wore a suit every day, suit on hair on point every day, walking in the classroom, doing the same thing every day. And one time he came in, he had the flu and he looked like he was going to die at any second. Like I remember just looking, I'm like, bro, you're, I'm, I might have to just take over. I think you're just going to not make it to the end of the day. And he was so proud of that. And, and it really put emotion in my mind that like, you don't take days off. Just come in every day, no matter what, even if you're about to die. As I got older, one, I realized how irresponsible that was. Um, and that if you came to school with the flu now, you know, how many other kids are going to get the flu now? And like, maybe they don't have health insurance and things like that. And the other thing was self-care had me thinking like, man, when I just took a day, like I needed one, like it was like I, you, you know, that night before, or maybe even that morning, you're like, damn, yo, I could really use a day of not going in today. Um, that was like, it's so, it just feels like the, it feels like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So when would I use them? I would look at the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, wait for that great, great day, right? Even if you're planning it ahead of time, right? And it's like, oh, next Thursday looks like, oh, what's going to be like only 75 and sunny and there's a baseball game playing or there's a movie coming out that I want to go and see, or I'm going to go do like you know, some day drinking or like get lunch with a friend or something. It's like make an event out of it and, but wait for that right day. But I would say use all of your personal days. We don't get paid back for ours and we don't get them stacked. Once the end of the year comes when they're gone, they're gone. So I think um, it's, it's taking those days and using them to the best of their ability. But I always tell kids like the kids will say like, Oh, it's a half day this Wednesday. I'm not coming to school. It's like February. I'm like, bro, Wait till there's a day in like May where the weather is perfect and take off then. Like, John Lopez is saying in the comments, it's it's great to take a day of, of uh, for a case of intentional flu complete with martinis, lunch, and creme brulee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lopez and I send pictures to one another when uh, we are on, when we have intentional flu days. Um, yeah. All right. Our His next... eating is, is on point on those days. Oh, he he's the most interesting man in the world, right? Mm. <laughs> certainly is all right our next question comes from kate she says hello all how far in advance do you plan lessons when teaching a new unit or group of students oh middle school ELA? that's a great question uh kate i would say i do um i plan the whole unit out about two weeks before i start it and i do that in a very rough way i think i'm actually going to do a workshop on this this year on like how i lesson plan because it's been asked for so many times and i i will have time this year to do it uh but it's like i basically use google spreadsheet on one side and you can just do this on a piece of paper too you don't have to be so extra or sometimes i just go to i think it's timeanddate.com and i print out free calendars and i write everything on there but what i want is all the dates and then here's my start date and then it's always five weeks out. All of my units, I've figured out to five weeks. Um, here's when we have to stop. Then I go through and do like, um, what school events, what days do I have to take off? Cause my kids have a doctor's appointment. What someone has a game, someone has a presentation, uh, dog has to go to the vet school has off for a day. Cause it's Columbus day or whatever it is, or Valentine. We don't really get off of Valentine's day. I don't think Columbus day is a thing anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. So it's, um, <laughs> It's figuring out those days. So then you can see how much time you have to teach that. And it doesn't like surprise you. I also want to plan that out so that I never end on a break. I never want to go into it. I will cut a book short to make it fit before break. Because the last thing you want to do is take a week off and then you come back and no one can remember anything or remember a concept or whatever you were talking about. So, and then I just loosely plan out like, well, what are the big ticket items. Like, what do I want my kids to know? When are the tests? When are the quizzes? And then it's basically just how do I get kids ready for that on that date? How do I get kids ready for this next thing? And that frees my mind up to at least know like, okay, here's the skeleton outline. Then it becomes a whole nother thing of how do we make this fun? How do we sprinkle magic on this? How do we make this awesome? And I actually, I think one of my next videos coming out is like, what, is hap what happens when um, you've taught a lesson for a few years 
and it's a little bit boring and it used to be awesome. Like how do you sprinkle some magic on that sucker and make it fire again? So all to come. All right. Our next question comes from Miranda. Oh man, my computer's being slow and weird. Singing time? No. I can read it. We can move on. Okay, there it goes. Um, Miranda is asking, her question is, I struggle with preparation, anxiety, and feeling like I am never prepared enough for the start of school. How can I be more confident in myself to to try to uh, stand the worry? Uh, Band camp starts August 1st. So I love this question too. Um, I remember my first year teaching in Camden, I was freaking out. I had 9,000 things, right? You don't like, know yeah. all the things to do. And uh, I'm walking down the hall and Mr. McDougal, the Camden Academy, right? One of the greatest teachers I ever worked with in my life. McDougal's in his room and there's like, I think he had like Tribe Called Quest pumping on the radio, like loud. And you could hear I remember, I feel like he was just like relaxed yeah. and cool. He had incense burning his room. Like he was just like jamming and relaxed, right? <laughs> and he would peek in there and he was like dancing around and stuff. He had like that sick Egyptian like wallpaper his kids made for a project and his room was was on point it was a clean organized neat ready to go otherwise you're like "Ah, and i'm I'm like like, what's going on what's going on here and mcdougall was like hey he just talked like even the way he talked was like in such a cadence and i remember he said i guess nine years in i just got this on lock and I just, oh. that has sat with me. And I remember getting to a point where you're watching people run around the school, like, like they're crazed. And I just felt like, no, I'm ready. So here's how, you know, one, there's always ongoing work in education. Once we realize that we can cut ties from this feeling that everything has to be finished, right? Like my room's never even where I wanted to be in the beginning of the year, but is it ready to start school, right? So especially last year, when all of my stuff was in storage, I had to bring everything back to the building. Holy crap, that was a lot of setup. It was a lot of dusting. I've been not been in the room for a year and a half. It was a lot of cleaning things because of COVID and just because it was gross. Um, so it's, it is knowing that there's always ongoing business. The other thing is you got to rig the game to win. Right. So what I do is I look at, I make a master list of all the things, right. They can be real or imaginary. All the things that are like imaginary, like some things just aren't that important. Um, and some things are what is actually important and needs to get done now. And then what are just all the other things that are on your mind that are in your head? Like I got, I need a new furnace filter and the hose broke on the side of the house. And I got to call the dryer repair guy and, um, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, when we do that, when we get it all out, we can actually go back and start seeing like, what is there's, and I actually literally just made a video like about this yesterday. That's going to come out It's at the editor now. Um, what is urgent and important? Those are the things you do now. What's not urgent, but is important. You plan those things and then everything else put by the wayside for right now. There are too many things going on in the beginning of the year. A lot of that anxiety we feel is excitement also. And those things feel exactly the same. So it's making the list, taking a breath, knowing that there's going to be ongoing work for the whole year, and then just resting in that and then knocking down the things that are important. And look, we overestimate what we can get done in a day or a week. But we often underestimate what we can get done in a couple of weeks, in a month, in, you know, more than that. So it's like getting those routines down. Now, I'll say the last thing for me is I love systematizing things. I love optimizing things. That's what my life is so, it's not routine. We it's, have a it's very so busy rhythmic. life that we have to but do this. So it does. Do it does. It's like, you just know. But you have to know in that, I think what stopped me from, I'm not natural like you, like I don't naturally use those things and I actually fight against them, even though they're really helpful. Um, For me, it's knowing that I don't have to stay in that like rigidness, like it's the rigidness that gives some fluidity to your day, the ability to have fluidity without feeling chaos. Um, It's that you're shifting the decision. It's like, not just like 
craziness and anxiousness and overwhelmed, it's organized and well thought out and planned if you need that schedule. But if not, you have the flexibility in it, but it feels like options and flexibility because you're organized. And when you're not, it just feels like anxiousness and overwhelm. You're the best non-co-host I could ask for. Oh, I will see. That's why I need a mic because I can't. I'm too opinionated to stay quiet completely. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> that's like against my nature. <laughs> you know, real quick, what it makes me think of is like when there's a metronome in music, and the metro. I always called it metrodome. I think it's pronounced metronome. I don't know. Someone in here is a music person, but metrodome is uh, one of those things that you set and it has the timer and lets you know exactly when the timing is. And so when you're playing a song, you could just play like on the beat, like a 4-4 beat. And um, as a drummer, I know you can just hold that. Boo, da, do, da. You could do that. But when you play jazz, you're off beat all the time. You're taking it right to the edge of being almost like sound like you're going to mess up and then bringing it back. And I think that that's what creating those rhythms in your life does is that you at least you know where to go back. So when you do jump back in the beat, that constant pumping beat is there um that's why i like doing those sorts of things and it gives me a lot of of peace knowing that like i know what to do tomorrow i know what i'm going to do the next day and and what i'm doing today and at what time and yeah it does it helps i i'm not always i'm i'm so stubborn and resistant to it but i will say that it is the absolute way to go like i'm Mm. still like trying to get my online calendar in order but it's taking me so long, but every step I get closer, I'm like, Oh, yay. Yeah, oh, yay. No, it's and it's freeing. And it's a little like, it reduces my anxiety is what I'm finding. Kids know what to do. And we know yeah. what's going on today. And it's like, it's oh, been man, pretty nice. it's awesome. but it is a lot of work to set up. Initially. Okay. So our next question is coming from Lori. She's asking, I'm a new success room teacher detention. The kids oh, want, wait, hold, let's just stop there. I know that kind of miffed me also. <laughs> That, I, that's a conversation. I'd love to hear about that. Go so ahead. So you're just a, well, not just a, but, no, but what like, does that mean? Well, I don't even know what that would But the like. fact that they call it success room and the fact that there's an educator. All right. So Someone usually designated. ours is like a security guard that's like basically falling asleep in right. front of them. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. It says the kids want to act up so they can come to my class. I can't be mean, but don't want them walking all over me. Help. All right. Love this. So this is a question all the time that I get from educators that are building relationships with students because building relationships with students will at some point turn into what's the matter. Oh, Oh, you um, are going to get to a point where you got to call somebody on something because they're a teenager and nine times out of 10, they're going to do something goofy or dumb or, you know, without thinking about it. And so when a kid does that it, and you have to call them on it, like, Hey, you can't, curse or do this or run around or whatever it is they there's always a moment where like a kid gets real salty about it and they're like you know uh you like i thought we were cool Reynolds, but i thought we were cool and i remember one of my greatest examples was when uh if you watch my videos for a while there was a kid named ham so being all the videos and ham i think i can say this with certainty Ham was the most inappropriate student I've ever taught. Always, <laughs> always going too far. He would literally like say stuff and then look over at me. And I'm like, bro, I'm not playing. Like I will, I, you'll never be allowed in the room. I'm calling your mom right now. And so. I always felt like you were so mean to him when you would tell me stories and came home. Yo, I'm like, Ham oh, be nice it, to him. No, no I, get I, it. I get it. But it's, it's, so it's, it's this, it's having tough conversations in love. And so I tell kids all the time, like when, when a kid comes at me like that, like, yo, I thought we were cool. We are. My answer is we are cool. We are cool. But I, I care about you so much that I'm not going to let you, like, you're messing it up. You're the one doing the thing that you're doing. You're the one acting a fool. You're the one saying that or doing that or touching that or bothering someone or being a bully right now. Like, I'm going to shut that down because I care about you. But what kind of friend doesn't call you on your stuff? Your best friends in the world are the ones that you've had difficult conversations with, that you've had difficult moments with. And although like my students, I let them know, like, I'm not their friend in high school. Like I want to be like, uh, like a mentor or a coach to you. And we, I have students that as they've gotten older, we are friends now, but like, um, no, I want to be more than that. So of course I'm going to call you on it. And no, you can't come like, if, you know, if this is the way you want to go, 
cannot come to uh, to the success room after school because um, th this is a time carved out for specific students that need care, right? And when you show up, you're going to take my attention away from them and I really need to focus on them. So if you really care about me, what you're going to do is not show up and take that attention away because um, you know we're always going to get down. You know we're always going to hang. Like let's and then make a date. Let's let's do lunch tomorrow. Let's do, um, you know, what are y'all doing like Thursday after school? I don't have anything that day. Like, let's hang out um, and talk and see what's going on or whatever. But it's, it is telling them the truth and love and then giving them, telling them what they're doing by helping you out. It's giving them, it's empowering them and then giving them a time when you are going to get down. Right. And so that builds that in and it works every time. Money back guarantee on that one. <laughs> All right. Our next question is coming from Marcel. Any advice for adding rigor to an honors level English class? I've only taught general basic level classes, but we'll have honor sections. What's the main difference to your approach? Thanks. So the main difference a lot of times is the level at which my, like where my expectations lie um, with regards to like, so let's say you're teaching a high level English class. It's the concepts can be a little trickier. Like you can have higher level conversations and kids are generally more willing to have those conversations because there's a confidence that comes with being an honors level class, right? When you feel like your honors level, it's like there's a bravado that comes with that. And so it's easier to get kids to have those conversations with one another, with you to get up, to act, to participate in something. Um, and they're, but even for kids that don't like talking, like they're writing, they're, they're, there's more of an ability to kind of like, to, I don't know, um, have like deeper thoughts, ideas and things. It's, that's not exclusively an honors thing at all. Like I've, I haven't taught honors in a very, very long time, but, um, but I still hang with those kids all the time. And I have, I did it for years. Now, the other thing is I raised the bar with regards to like, when, like, when uh, I am grading a piece of writing, I'm much harder on students in an honors class than I would be like in, like I, there are times in my classes now that I look at writing and I'm like, um, that's basically a full sentence. That's basically a full sentence. And anyone else might look at it and go, that's not a full sentence. And I'm like, no, but ba I mean, basically, I think that's, you know, I get what they meant because I'm, because I'm grading them on a different, on a different level. I'm using like a different rubric basically for them. So things just get harder to do. And then the, the pacing is much quicker, right? Like I'm not, um, what I might take to do five weeks with one class. So like, for instance, we used to read, um, the Odyssey in old English in my honors class. And it was like, uh, in my, in my lower level classes, um, with kids that still struggled with reading, we would do audiobooks, we'd use graphic novels, we'd read parts of other versions of the Odyssey. So it was like, I'm trying to find things that are on students' levels. Now, look, that's not going to stay the same every single year. This year's honors class might be very, very different than what you're going to have next year. And so it's about getting to know those students and then pivoting where needed, Chris Carson's favorite <laughs> word, uh, so that you can um, find things that are challenging to those particular students. So yeah, that's just a few things. All right. Our next question comes from Maisha. She's asking this school year, I will be teaching a class that will not, well, that will be not based on traditional grading. How can I transition to what I've been used to doing for decades to standard, standard base grading? Um, gosh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> it's one of those questions that I almost feel like I would need like a bit more of a, of an insight to know like what we're talking about. Good thing um, you can get that from Maisha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you want to talk about that, we can talk about that for sure. Um, but like, just like, I don't, we, we have her number, right? She's my number. Te just text yes. me and we'll, we'll set it up. But uh, outside of that, I wonder if anyone in the group has, ex has, uh, has dealt with this before. If anyone has any experience in like, you went from teaching one way, and, and it's, even if you have like something that's not in traditional grading, if you're doing standards based grading, as opposed to like, um, like if you've had to switch it up. And so if you have, um, 
yeah, give my agent some ideas on how to do that. Have you never had to do that? I, you know, let me say this, love. Oh, did I put you on the spot? You did. I'm sorry, my bad. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's one of those answers that I don't always love giving. Because last year, remember last year they had us, like they changed the whole grading policy. And we used to be point-based. So like everything was just worth points. And the reason we did that is because it made sense in kids' heads. That tests and quizzes being worth this much and classwork being worth this much and homework being worth this much. And then you had to have this many quizzes and this many tests and this much classwork. And it was like, it was, it was slowly moving the school into like a scripted lesson plan thing, which is what they're going into this year. But, um, I just didn't do it. I didn't, I, so I didn't want to switch to that because I knew it was <laughs> going to be confusing for students and yeah. they weren't going to find more success. And so I just didn't do it. And yeah. I put, so I set up everything as as a summative assessment, which was like formative assessments, summative assessments, and another. This is so interesting. So I read your disc assessment. I read the 22 page report on you. Um, And in it, it definitely says that you are one of the things that offends you where people get offended about you is that you're often a rule breaker because you find you like do this thing where you calculatively look at things and you often break rules when you find a better way. It cracked me up when I, I read that part. I was I like, do. oh my God, this test is so creepily like spot on in some areas that that one cracked me up when I read it. I do. <laughs> I can't stand when we make decisions and we don't really fully think about it. And so when we do that, when schools have done that in the past, I always do what well, I it's want. It's not even schools. It's a lot of, pol- you find that just through like policies and procedures with companies, businesses, like that sort of stuff. Anything. And like, yeah, it really just... You're, you're but funny. I go both ways, right? I either um, Follow just say no, no, no. I mean, like I either like if I don't like the way something is, I either just decide I'm not going to do it. Yes. Like when I decide I'm not going to meetings, like when I decide I'm not going oh, to that's your, that's your rule breaker, thousand things, or I try and razzle dazzle people, and I razzle dazzle you into like, hey man, like, like here's how we should be doing or how I should be doing. I know, I know this is for everyone else, but like here are the students that I'm teaching. And, and, but it all comes out of the same place, which is a place of like, I just want kids to find success. Right. And if what you're doing is dumb, then I, <laughs> then I don't. And, oh, is this some insight? Right. Cause it's like one of those things I hear where you. parents will hit me up and they're like, Reynolds, why is this like this all of a sudden? Or like, why are they doing it this way? And I go, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm not doing it that way. I'm going to do it like this. <laughs> and it's, it's still, it's still rigorous. It's still holding kids accountable. It is still, but it is like, sometimes you make these decisions that just don't. And so that's why I didn't give that piece of advice because I would yeah. just be like, listen, I'll put it on paper like that. Or sometimes I don't even like, yeah, I just didn't do it last year. Well, oh, so Lopez just called you, um, CJ, the loophole seeker. <laughs> Maisha did say that she'll hit you up though. She doesn't know enough about it herself yet. Yeah. Like, please let me either. know. I'd be happy to talk to you. Okay. Um, All right. Our next question is coming from Jay. Any general advice for a first year teacher in inner city Philadelphia, specifically in regard to building relationships and classroom management? I got my first job at a public charter. Whoa. Where are you at? Yeah. Yeah. We need a little bit more details on what that. Um, So, gosh, first is McCusker's Tavern. McCusker's Tavern is on 17th and Shunk. And then when you have a hard and day, that's the, the spot. Sign up for the your first year teacher. It's my sure. favorite bar in the city. And it's the only place you can drop my name in and it might actually mean something. Um, <laughs> couldn't even do that at my house. Uh, so shout out to McCusker's Tavern. Um, the, you know, I would say well, there's different sections of Philly. So did he say where? Yeah, first Philadelphia, first Philadelphia prep charter. Yeah, where, where is that? We're in Philly. What part of Philly are you in? We'll we're gonna go. We're getting in the weeds second. on this one. You can get nitty gritty since you yeah. know the area. So let me know when that answer comes up, or if, if well, they it takes provide. a second. Do you, so Philly is so different that if you teach in Olney or Northeast or West or North Philly or South Philly, it is so wildly different so you might think your demographic might like the kids might look the same right like so you might have like all Mm -hmm. kids that look like they're from the same race religion background neighborhood tacoma street do you know where that is uh i think so that's that's out there a little bit oh just said it oh 
uh, near Frankfurt and Bridesburg. Yeah. Okay. All right. So th- that, so what you want to do is, Northeast Philly. Yeah, is get really familiar with the neighborhood in which you're teaching, right? Do most people own homes? Do they rent homes? Are they transient? Like are people coming in and out of the neighborhood? Um, what do they love? What brings people together? Is there a strong football community, church community? Um, there, you know, it, it is learning about where, like where the values lie in the neighborhood. And that's going to give you incredible insight on your students. I think the other thing is not, it's, it's, and this is a tricky one, right? Not everyone likes this answer. It is finding out what your kids like, what your kids love, what lights them up, what they do in their off time, and then either trying it or going to it or eating it or, or supporting them in it. So when my guys, uh, I remember the first time I ever got cheesesteak in uh, at like a, like a poppy store, like a corner store in, in West <laughs> Philly. And I was going with some kids and they were like, yo, what do you get on your cheesesteak? Right. And I was like, cheese, bro. Like maybe some fried onions. They're like, what you got to get like, and it was like salt, pepper, oregano, mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> it was all the things you could get on it. And I'm like, bro, what, in the, what is this? It was just like Mrs. Dash made a made a cheesesteak all of a sudden. And they kept telling me my cheesesteak was dry. So I was like, all right, bro, you know what? Get me whatever I will say you that want. that changed our cheesesteak game. Because now we take our cheesesteak to the next healthy level. We, we put mayonnaise on it every single time. And which they tease me about too. But um, they're like, just mayonnaise. I'm like, bro, let's, I already tried it up my game. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is it is trying trying the food going to the places, supporting the kids. When everyone's talking in West Philly about being at Cobbs Creek Park or being at Malcolm X Park, like knowing where that is. If they're playing ball down at the Christie Rec Center and they're telling a story about it, I want to know exactly where that is because I went there before. When they're talking about going home and taking the L, um, I got to know that you got to get on the G bus to go up to the L to take the L to get to Center City. So you, you, are, you have this know-how because this is what happens is most teachers that don't come from the neighborhood they teach in, especially inner city, they helicopter in. Then once they helicopter in, they helicopter back out. They take the same way to school every single day because we're creatures of habit, which is fine, but it's intentionally going to things, intentionally getting experiences. And then I think really building relationships with students. And I have a, there's a bunch of videos on the YouTube channel about that. And that's something we're going to really dive into in the back to school boot camp is like how to build the deepest relationships with students super fast and to connect with parents, which are going to be like a huge resource for, for you. Um, but it's, it's starting to do that. Um, <clears throat> I would say like, yo, if you teach in inner city, like, or just in the city um, from my students, it's going to uh, a church and going to the barbershop it will give you incredible insight into the community with which you're teaching. Uh, John Lopez, again, in the comments said, who are the people in your neighborhood, right? In like, it's neighborhood. basic in, uh, Sesame Street, like, 101. Yeah, getting to know the people in your I neighborhood. I was pretty sure no one would get that reference when I did it either. I should have known Lopez was in there. Wow, that's a great reference. All right, our next question comes from Miss Gonzalez. Do you have a suggestion to where to purchase large, inexpensive kites? I want to hang them from my ceiling, but the ones that I found on Amazon are meh, and other other ideas welcome also. Uh, what about, I feel like Oriental Trading Company yeah. would have good stuff. Um, I would try to find them somewhere online, like wholesale, other than Amazon. Um, who else has weird, oh, what's that other weird-ass app we were using with Ryan? Wish? Oh, wish. They, I'll bet you they have stuff on there. Wish, be careful. There's some real weird There's stuff. There's no on filter. There. It's like an Amazon, but like, but like, you can get all kinds of um, stuff as well. But you can get really <laughs> funny stuff, um, like for really cheap on there. But I feel like Oriental Trading would be the move. The other thing is, um, businesses have money built in to give back. So if you go to five below and say, hey, can I speak to your manager? Hey, I'm a local art teacher and this is where I teach and this is what I do. Um, You know, we're looking for kites. Would you be able to donate anything to our school? You're making it about kids. Don't make it about, I want my room to look really great, um, even though that's what you're doing. But we know that you're doing that for kids and you're doing it for you too. Like, I I, I like teaching in an awesome room. 
but going to local stores and letting them know who you are, let them know the great work that you're doing and say, Hey, we're doing this thing with the kids. Do you have any kites that you could donate to us? And just seeing what they say, because you know, I did this one time at, at Home Depot. That was the first time I ever did it. And they gave me everything to create a, a garden at my school from the lumber to the dirt, to the plants, to the drill, to the screws, the, like hammers, everything. Uh, and they said, yeah, we have a, we have a line in the budget to be able to give away to community members for stuff. And it was awesome. I feel like any little stores that do like seasonal stuff or like Christmas, Christmas tree, shop. tree shop. I don't know if that, where that is, how, how big of a company that is, but um, places like that, I would find. And yeah. I think you're right. Asking people, but it is going to be hard. Um, they said in the comments, like it's a possible seasonal item. So it could be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I would go. You could also use, can you make your, well, I don't know how much time you got, but could you make your own out of some, uh, thought about that, out of, but... I just think out of um, the plastic, like tablecloths. Yeah. It's a dollar like store. Perfect to stretch. And I don't know. That's yeah. time and like those about. long skewers that they have for mm -hmm. uh, roasted marshmallows on. I'm sure she has some ideas. She's an art teacher. Yeah. But buying them is probably a lot. Faster. I'll tell you what, whenever we've needed to make something, we made all those cardboard TVs that time. Oh, it's yes. really, or blown up <laughs> balloons. If you have old, old students, I forget how long you've been teaching, but like what we just call over old students. And I'm like, I will, pay for snacks or beer, depending on how old they are. Um, <laughs> do you want to come over and help me do stuff? And there's always kids have a girlfriend are... night, a like kite building party. Yeah. Like you can figure out something if they're too expensive or you can't find them. But yeah, I had the right friends for that one. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, a kite building. <laughs> and I would totally come. I'm so can we just go to five below and ask, I'll ask the manager for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next question is coming from Zoe. She's saying I'm the mentor. Uh, I'm the mentor for uh, for an apprentice teacher next year. Good. What advice do you have for me to better support them? They have some experience, but not a huge amount of it is it is from standing in front of thirty kids. Got it. So this is this is a great question. Um, I have never been. I've never had a student teacher. Uh, why why haven't I had a student teacher? Wife. Oh, I wasn't sorry. I wasn't. Pay attention. I was reading so comments. Why haven't you had a student teacher? Yeah. I don't know. I forget. Did you Why do I have to drive the car all the time? Oh, because you're just in control. Like you can't give people the reins. It's too hard, hard time. time. I have yeah. a hard time with that. So if I were to have a student teacher or an apprentice, it is about letting them. Um, it's knowing that nothing can go too far that can't be fixed, especially if you have some experience or mastery in the classroom that it, you can always bring it back. And letting people fail, letting people try, uh, and letting reminding yourself that, you know, but I, I'll say this, I haven't had it. I, I just, I just totally downplayed myself. I haven't had a student teacher, but you know what I have had is like eight co-teachers. And when I, was, co -teach I didn't want to interrupt you. I was going to say Kayla is yeah. the best and you do let people take the reins if they're Mm, they're capable. I don't know. Sometimes I just no. I've let people take the reins when they were completely incapable, and they were yeah. the worst co-teacher a human being could possibly That's imagine. True. But Kayla was so. Kayla was my co-teacher for the last three years. Not um, best. Overall, best person I ever co-taught with. Now there were other people with strengths, like my man Fines was on fire. He was incredible, um, but he was messy. I'm going to be honest with you, Fines. Um, no, I love him. He's like one of the <laughs> well, best Well, you're just two different dudes. It was, you, you. Two different personalities. Not, it's like, it's almost like when you have a really good friend, if you ever lived with a friend that you're like, I love you, but we shouldn't live together. Like, yep. so when Kayla and I taught together, it was just so synergistic that like, we, we really flow together well, but there was a, there were a plenty, plenty of times when she wanted to do something, I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. But that was, this was her unit. That was her plan. That was her part of the day. This was whatever it was. It is, it is learning to incorporate other people's ideas and not just thinking that your way is the only way to do it. And then creating safe space for them to reflect. You know, one of the best things I had happen to me when I student taught was that gentleman I student taught with wrote on, uh, notes. I got about five notes every day, not too much stuff, not too little, but it was like, here's five things I want to see you change tomorrow, work on tomorrow or mention tomorrow, do, do whatever. And it was, it was like bite-sized advice. It was like, 
just enough that I'm like, okay, I can rework this into my, my lesson. And that really helped. All right. Our next question is do it coming from multi sooner one. Yep. All right. What advice do you have for a first year junior high sped teacher? So there's a lot of advice I have for this. I have, so th this is, again, this would be something really great for the, for the oh, back to school. Just a workshop or something yeah. I could do. Cause there's a lot, there's so much. Yeah. There. And I have, um, there's like, I'm trying to think of like, there's a lot of videos for back to school that I have, but the thing that I'm thinking of the most, especially junior high sped. So junior high kids are, what's a good word to put it? They're insane. Um, and so, because you are like, if you're seventh, especially eighth grade in a school that only goes to eighth grade, you're top dog, right? You're top dog at 13. You're a boss all of a sudden, right? Like you're just like 13, 14 years old. You feel like you're the, you know, you're the be all end all. And that plus hormones, like, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we live in a house full of hormones right now. Oh, heavens, And yes. it is like, I didn't think my hair was going to get whiter, but it just keeps getting whiter and whiter and whiter and whiter. And I think some of it's falling out. <laughs> um, then you add special education on top of that. Ooh. I think the move, first of all, I, I, as much as I just like kind of laughed at that, sounds freaking awesome to me, right? Like, it's like I literally get excited to think of like, oh yeah, like little wackos and like, and they're it's all group, different. Yeah and don't fit the mold of like maybe like regular education and they have like struggles and, and ideas and whew, man, it just sounds like a freaking pile of awesome to me. So what I would do with that, the first thing is letting kids know one, yo, I'm so stoked to be here. Um, cause chances are a lot of kids I feel like that are in that particular situation are, have like been passed on. They've been forgotten about, they've been pushed along. And it's like saying the buck stops. Here. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what the buck is. Is it a horse? Is it a dollar? The buck stops here. Buck. But I want this yeah, deer. Um, <laughs> this year is going to be awesome. It is going to be fantastic. And I am so thrilled that you're in my class. And so it's building that anticipation. It's letting kids know that get put in rooms where they just look around. They go, it's all the bad kids. It's all the kids that get in trouble. It's all the kids that don't do well. It's all the kids that have a one on one-to-one -one aid or they have to be in the co-talk classroom and saying, no, this is, this is the best. And it has to be like this because otherwise everyone's going to want to be in our class. So like, just keep going. Don't let everyone know how amazing this is, but it's going to be awesome. The next thing I would do is contact every single parent, either by email or by phone and just say, ask these two questions. One, what is something that your three questions, what is something that your student um, is that I should know about your student that I wouldn't know from looking at a 504 or an IEP or last year's grades or comments from their teachers. What is something that you could tell me about them that's going to help me to teach them better? And then ask, what's their favorite class, favorite teacher they ever had ever and why? And what was their least favorite class? And so you're not looking for trash talk on a teacher, but what is the thing um, about that class that made it so hard, right? Like, do they have a hard time sitting still? Do they just not like math isn't their jam. They struggle with reading. Um, <clears throat> they don't like group work. They don't like whatever it is. Those three questions will give you an enormous amount of insight uh, on who your students are. And then the other part is just getting them locked and loaded. Like they're going to be like, this is going to be an awesome year. And you're so excited about it. You got another one for me? Uh, I do. Um, you're typing over there. Oh, sink. I actually don't. <laughs> you want me to just make up a question? Um, no, actually I have a question. Juan is asking, going back and going back into teaching high school after two years, going into advanced English for 11th and 12th grade, any tips on how to get these students engaged? It's my first time teaching advanced. So awesome. Um, Juan, I would say in teaching older students, kids really want to be thought of as adults. They really want to be, you know, they don't always act like adults. Sometimes they still do childish stuff and they have excuses and they don't do the work. And, <clears throat> but if we're talking about helping kids get ready for college and beyond, um, or for just the workforce, it is, I think one talking and treating kids like they're adults. 
and just having conversations and talking to them like regular human beings. That goes really, really far. The other thing is how can we make what we're learning real world applicable, right? Like the real world, um, and look, even saying that is like some of your kids already live in the real world. Kids are like raising people at home and having to hold down jobs to help their parents and stuff like that. But, you know, this after high school moment is whether you're a junior or a senior, it's five minutes away. It's right there. It's it's coming up and you're not even going to believe it when it happens. So how can we make everything we're doing have a why, have a reason? And it can't be to the best of your ability, cannot be because we have to because it's on the test because it's on whatever it is. This is let's make this into something that's real because learning how to speak, learning how to, to, to form your thoughts, learning how to have, be an active listener, knowing how to have a real debate discussion, how to hold your point up, how to hold your, your ground, how to write, how to read is so utterly important, but it's sharing with students why that is so important. Why is this book important? Why is learning how to write this essay important? Why is learning how to do whatever it is you have to like as much as possible ground what you're doing in what's going to become important for students. So they're actually preparing for something. Um, and those don't always look like the thing that they are, right? It's like when I think about like, I don't know why I just went to karate kid, but like Danielson didn't know that Mr. Miyagi was like going to teach him karate when he was like doing wax on wax off uh, or painting the fence or sanding the floor. So sometimes the things don't look like it, but you have to show the connecting piece of like, look, I know this looks like we're just studying grammar over here or something of that nature or reading a bunch of essays and talking about them. But it's good for you to have an opinion. It's good for you to ground yourself in something and, and to be able to speak for it or against it, to listen to someone else's point of view, to be able to thoughtfully respond to someone's point of view to be able to do that in writing um it's 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 doing that i think is what i would focus on all right are we we good i mean we can keep going do one more. You want. okay um this is an easy one uh frida is asking quick question please where can i find the music track you use at the back as background music to make kids presentations more vivid the one you use that levels up their presentation um uh, I, so I go on, there's a lot of different places I pull from. Um, I will look for, I use, uh, what is the kind of beat that I'm thinking of? Lo-fi? Lo-fi beats lo-fi on YouTube. Lo-fi. Just type in lo-fi. If you also go, if you go to, um, YouTube and you type in YouTube audio, there's a bunch of free stuff on there that you can use. And it had, most of them have no words. And they've been vetted by YouTube. So they're like all different lengths. So you can get ones that are five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour. And what I'm looking for is something that's going to amplify, something that's going to, that's going to level up the experience of what we're doing in class. And to do that though, it's, um, I don't want anything a lot of times that kids know. Now, sometimes I do, sometimes I play stuff kids know, but like by and large, I just want something that's creating the vibe. So then that way you can go through those files and there's not going to be like a, so a lot of DJs, a lot of people that put stuff up, they'll have like, they have a part in there. So there's a guy that I work with, uh, Kia Orion. And every once in a while in his song, it just goes, Orion, Orion. Oh, so you can't copy it. And, and yeah. And, but it's, you know, but that becomes a thing where kids just start going, Orion. Oh, you'll still use it? Orion. I use it in class <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Orion. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I go and find stuff that doesn't have someone saying oh yes don't say it again thank you oh somebody said ambient worlds is a great channel for background music awesome yeah yeah i even like using cool screensavers like i use the uh i have a video coming out talking about this too but um i have a lot of videos coming out um this year's gonna be like video well, it's because we've been backed up like we i think last year would you put out like actual videos other than sunday night teacher talk maybe no five? not a lot but <laughs> this year i mean i have like kayla and i are gonna film one based on like student teaching there was one on like how to use your smart board in class that There's i did uh so like i have this i use this background on my giant samsung board that is just jellyfish floating around and it has a timer on it and it is the best and the kids love it. And it just creates the right vibe at the beginning of class. So look gang, 
I think here's what I'm thinking about this year. Um, we want to be able to help with anything that we can. So please, if you think of a video idea of something you would love for us to talk about, of something that you wish your school did PD on, um, drop us a message. You can send us a DM. You can send us a message right through realrapwithreynolds.com. You go right onto the website. You can hit contact and it goes right to my email. And then either my assistant or my wife uh, will will pull those out and then we'll get right back to you. Um, Facebook message, wherever. But what we're trying to do is create stuff that we know people want and people need. And one of the things we're really working on this year is how there are certain things that I am just not the professional on, but where can we find those people? And we've done this a bit in the past, but it's really dialing that in this year. So getting like specialists on and really creating um, what my friend Sarah calls a heavy, deep and real moment for educators so they can really dive in and learn about things like, you know, whether it's dyslexia or dysgraphia or processing or trauma um, and really trying to create content that's going to be really, really deeply impactful for educators so that you can be the educator that you're called to be. So that's it, gang. Anything else you need from us, you can get right at the website or go right to our Facebook group, Real Rap Teacher Talk, um, or follow us on social media. Anything else, wife? Nope. Just keep an ear out. We're going to uh, drop soon about what we're going to do for this workshop and what that's going to look like. The back to school boot camp is coming soon. Way Very soon. soon. <laughs> um, that's it, right? Yep, that's it. Have cool. a great week, everybody. See you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Peace.